0: Hello, friends. Uh, Today, we are still in Romans chapter 8. This is session 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 18. Romans chapter 8. So, today, if you're in the family of God, the Apostle Paul is giving us more assurances. He gave us some last week. Assurances that we are a part of that family. Alright, we'll look at some of that. Also, Paul will talk about how the brokenness of this world is not worth comparing to the glory that we will share in Christ one day when he returns. And that part will be the intro to our next section. But first, before we get started, a senior joke about brokenness relating to our bodies as we get older. So here's three ways that God helps seniors exercise. You know, we all need that and we need to keep moving as we get older, right? (laughs) So number one, in his wisdom, God decreed that seniors become forgetful so they would have to search for their glasses, uh, keys, and other things, thus doing more walking, right? (laughs) Walking's good. God looked down and saw that it was good. Number two, Then God saw there was another need. In his wisdom, he made seniors lose coordination so they would drop things requiring them to bend, reach, and stretch. And God looked down and saw that it was good. Number three, then God considered the function of bladders and decided seniors would have additional calls of nature requiring more trips to the bathroom, thus providing more exercise. God looked down and saw that it was good. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) you know, even in our brokenness, uh, I think it is true. I mean, if we just like sit in our chairs all day long, and didn't have reason to get up and bend and go to the bathroom, we would become even more immobile as we get older. So I thought that was kind of cool. Well, Let's uh, get started for just a very brief review. Remember, session one, we talked about how there was no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus was condemned for us on the cross, and then he rose from the grave. And uh, then in session one also, we talked about two laws, the law of sin and death. Remember, Adam and Eve sinned, and they died, and all their descendants Uh, fall under that. And also there is the spirit of life. And that's the law where we see that all those who hope in the Messiah, they would be counted as righteous. And even in the New Testament after Jesus came, we see him talking to Nicodemus, who said that he must be born again because the law of sin caused even his spirit to die, separated from God, just as our own spirit will one day be separated from our body and physical death, Nicodemus was already separated from God spiritually. And Jesus told him that he must be born again. So that's the spirit of life that God calls us to. Through it, we have victory over sin, victory for purpose in life, victory to even be raised from the grave because we have the same spirit of life in us that raised Jesus from the dead. So, um, session two, we talked about how we're not in bondage to sin and fear any longer, or or really even death. We're also able to, to set our minds on things of the Spirit. And Paul began talking about how we have been adopted into the family of God, and we have an amazing inheritance in Christ. And so today, Paul continues talking about this new family that we've been Adopted into what does it mean to be a child of God? And uh, what about this new family mindset that is led by the spirit of God and not by the passions of the flesh? So let's continue on with what Paul's talking about and begin the session with verses 16 and 17. Here's what it says. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And then verse 17 begins, and if children, then heirs. You know, the spirit of life bears witness if we're God's children in so, so many ways. We talked about it last time, I recently talked about it in a, a session on how to know if I'm a child of God. But Paul's been telling us so far in this chapter how the spirit is at work in us, changing our will, helping us to set our minds on spiritual things. Um, we're under the law of the spirit of life, so our minds are beginning to to uh, be transformed in that direction, away from the things we used to treasure, and towards the greatest treasure in the universe, Jesus. So the spirit's at work in us, and it's bearing witness that we are God's children by his working, right? So in a physical family, um, we see something similar. I think many families have like a family culture. It may be good. It may be bad. We'll think about it as a good family culture. Okay. There's a kind of, of unity in the way of thinking about things. A good family culture, for example, might be that everyone in the family tries to treat others with love and respect. Never gossip, always clean up after yourself. Never chew with your mouth open. Um, don't, set your elbows on the table at dinner, things like that, right? Uh, and Maybe uh, you develop other cultures within that family, like on Christmas time, you, you go down and help at the food kitchen, your whole family does, or you give a toy away to um, an orphan or a homeless, you help a homeless person, right? So these are like a good family culture. And I'm just thinking about myself growing up, um, when when you were growing up, how did you know that you were really a member of that family, right? <laughs> I remember for a while, I actually truly wondered if my parents were aliens. <laughs> I was going through a stage, I guess. But that's beside the point. The question is, what gave you assurance that you belonged to the family? They guided you in life, right? Maybe... They cared enough to direct you with a a good work ethic. And when you're wrong, they corrected you. Um, If you persisted, they disciplined you uh, to do what was right because they loved you. And and that actually showed you that you were loved and and they, they gave you forgiveness. And all along the way, they were just guiding and molding you so that you would have a mindset like the rest of the family. And uh, this makes me think of <laughs> some of the old TV shows, right? With the family culture. We don't see a whole lot of that anymore. Um, what, Leave it to Beaver, Father's Knows Best. It, th- those might be before your time. But uh, one I liked, it's still, the reruns are still on. Bonanza, right? There was Ben Cartwright, um, Adam, and Haas, and Little Joe. And I liked uh, Hop singer cook They all together had this, this Family culture at work. They they were on the same page They had the same family values They stood up for one another and they pulled one another out of trouble and they stood up against evil together Helped the hurting and and the needy people around them There was never a doubt whose family they belonged to because They had the same mindset and that's one way the Holy Spirit bears witness That we are God's children Uh, We're in his family. The spirit is confirming our mindset to be the same mindset that Jesus had. Paul uh, finishes by saying that we are um, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So we're heirs of God and and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. So that is uh, kind of an interesting phrase. But the truth is, as believers, we will suffer. I mean, this is just another assurance that we're in God's family, I think. Uh, I remember growing up, my dad was treated very bad by some other men and my heart. Like broke to see him hurting. I suffered right along with him. And our whole family suffered right along with dad. And someone who was not a part of our family would not have suffered with us in this extreme way. But this confirmed us being a family. So if we are a child of God, the world is going to treat us bad in some contexts. It's going to take a strong stand against our new values in Christ. When we stand up for the same truth Jesus did, um, we will suffer with him. And even so, this shows us how we share the values of our new family in Christ. Also, when we suffer as believers and we're trusting God through that, we, we have this joy of Christ in our heart. And the world is actually looking on and seeing us suffer with joy. And they are seeing the same way that Jesus suffered on the cross for them, willingly laying down his life. And he did it in love. And he even prayed that those who crucified him would be forgiven, right? So our suffering in Christ Whether it's in persecution, or whether it's in just the the brokenness of the world, it becomes a witness for Jesus Christ being the greatest treasure in the universe. And finally, verse 18, which is kind of an intro into next session, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So yes, this this world brings suffering, but also we have this down payment of joy and glimpses of, of things to come. And it's not worth even comparing what we're going through with what God has for us. Remember the list of funnies about getting older that we started today's session with. That's a part of the suffering in this world. It's a broken world. There's this old Negro spiritual he uh, says this world is not my home i'm only passing through and so many of those old spirituals they 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 praise god in joy even in horrific suffering and so i love singing them and playing them on my guitar so yeah it's it's not worth it to to focus on the brokenness as we go through life and say woe is me but that brokenness points us to the one who was broken for us on the cross, Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that some in the next session. And, um, you know, this world is no longer our home. It's it's no longer our sanctuary city, <laughs> our city of refuge. No, the world's broken. Our homeland is in Jesus. And uh, we were born again in the spirit. And there's a spiritual kingdom although we can't wrap our minds around it the way all together right now but that's our, where our homeland is and one day we'll be with jesus forever so next time paul will begin telling us about what is the purpose of everything and what is all of creation and all its brokenness what is it waiting for that's the sun the moon the stars the planets the galaxies the animals fish uh, plants Mankind, especially believers. What's waiting ahead? What are we looking forward to? Father God, thank you for your word today, Lord. And uh, thank you for uh, making us born again in Christ Jesus and giving us your Holy Spirit. And which guides us in a new mindset for your glory and our joy, Father. Thank you for the inheritance that you have provided for us as... um, as the bride of Christ and being adopted into your family. It's it's a great inheritance forever, Lord. And even though we're still in the broken world, you gave us this mercy and this grace so that we might have fellowship with you and your family. Thank you for the down payment of your Holy Spirit, uh, of thanks to come, Father, and we can have joy and victory through the brokenness of the world. Thank you for your son, giving your son who lived a perfect life and died a sinner's death and defeated the hold of death by rising from the grave, Lord. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.